we need to talk about 343, Xbox, and an upcoming Surface event. Happy Saturday, friends. The podcast is being recorded a day late. I was traveling, and of course, typically when I travel, the whole industry blows up. Timestamps down below per usual. I had a good week just traveling and everything. Happy to be back. Happy to be podcasting. And so let's just dive into the tech news because the 343 stuff is, yeah. Uh, anyways, so tech news of the week. Uh, Microsoft released Candidate 1 of the .NET 7 preview. And so if that makes sense to you, that's a pretty big deal. And so Microsoft re preparing the next major release of .NET, which is a, a very good thing. Uh, Windows 11 Insider Build makes your desktop a little bit more widgety. If you've ever looked at the widget panel and said, I wish that was full screen. Well, uh, Microsoft is making that happen. So in the latest Insider Build, you'll be able to stretch and peek and pop that thing all the way across your display if that's what you want. Uh, I'd be really curious to see what kind of widgets everybody likes. I mean, there's the, the staples. You've got weather. You've got stocks. You've got weather um, and news I, I mean after that I'm kind of out of widgets that make sense and re realistically they all nestle nicely on the taskbar I don't know I'd be curious what widgets really make your widget world better but uh, either way that's coming uh, interesting thing on the branding side Intel announced that they are going to kill the Pentium and Celeron brands when it comes to mobile and so for 2023 mobile chips going forward do not expect to see uh Celeron or Pentium, they had a good run, although Celeron always felt like just like the beating block of the industry. It's like, oh, it's a Celeron sort of thing. So I, I guess maybe that's it. They feel that these brands have run their course and it's time to move on. So be on the lookout for Intel chips. I mean, that's like what they're basically going to be calling them. Um, Microsoft has also included a new ringtone in Teams. So Microsoft has been big on the TikToks. I think Mr. PKI pointed that out a couple weeks ago. And so there's new a new remixed uh, ringtone coming to Teams that was originally made by somebody on TikTok, and now it's coming to Teams. And this is like regardless of like if whether or not you like Microsoft uh, Teams or whatever else, this is some really creative marketing because they're looking at TikTok, which is where a an entire different generation lives that pretty much didn't grow up probably in Excel or on Skype, and saying, look, how can we get that generation interested in Teams? It's like it's a smart I, like I give them ten out of ten on Yelp for creativity in drawing a different audience to their product. So uh, you know, pretty interesting stuff there. Also, everybody keeps asking when's a Surface event? Walking Cat leaked. To date, uh, but just know that a service event is in the books for early uh, October, and so we should be hearing more officially about that here. I, I would expect in the very near future. But Microsoft is not being left out of September, October, whatever you want to call it. They have a service event, and might be seeing a Studio Three come along. There's some other stuff I think planned. Um, actually, Panos just tweeted out a picture with uh, Lisa Su, who is the AMD uh, CEO. And she very clearly wants her chips and Surface stuff. And so they were clearly together, probably doing a video collab would be my guess. And uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. And Windows Terminal Preview 1.16 doesn't sound like a huge update, but actually this introduced theming. So if you like your Windows Chrome to look a little more thematic, this update is for you. So uh, on to the gaming news, because this is where we start. Uh, this is where we start to get into the heavy stuff. Okay, so UK's competition authority came out and said, look, we, we told you we were going to do it, and so we're doing it. They're going to be taking a closer peeper look at the Call of Duty or Activision acquisition. Now, Sony is out there championing, saying, yes, this is exactly what we want. We want Microsoft not to be able to do this. And Microsoft's out there like, come on, give us a break, Sony. Um, and it's just a, it's spilling over into the public. And Sony very clearly has an agenda here. And uh, Microsoft clearly does too. They want to be able to acquire this. And so I 
Personally, I think it does require potentially a closer look, but I still think Microsoft has the winning argument here. It's like, look, we're the third largest player in gaming. We're not even close to the top. And so, uh, but the challenge here, I think, is the UK Commission or Competition Authority is looking at this from not a Microsoft gaming stance, but Microsoft as a whole company in the industry. And so, yeah, speaking of whole company in the industry, I think Adobe is trying to buy Figma, if you I glossed over that before, for about $20 billion. And I suspect that they might come under similar scrutiny because Adobe, rather than being able to compete, they're saying we're just going to acquire it. And they decided that 13% of the Adobe market cap is worth protecting their position. That's why they're paying $20 billion for Figma. Um, so either way, so expect that acquisition probably going a similar journey as the one that is coming uh, from Microsoft. So either way, it's more of just things we knew were going to happen are actually happening. And this is why Microsoft said we're not expecting this to close until June of, of the upcoming June. I, I wasn't going to say next year, but it, I guess technically is next year. And everyone's like, no, Brad, it's going to happen in the fall. I'm like, mm -mm, I would be shocked. And so this is a long runway of an event. So keep that in mind. Uh, Deathloop. Coming to, coming to Xbox Game Pass, it, there's nothing more to say there. Uh, also, look out for some Assassin's Creed titles landing that way, and Game Pass just continues to drive that value, which again, circles back to the argument that Microsoft is making about uh, Activision acquisitions. Like, look, we're just we're delivering value. We're lowering the price of entry for a lot of this stuff, and there you go. Uh, the Xbox PC app has been updated. It's feeling faster. It also includes how long to beat integration, and that title is exactly what it does. It tells you how long it takes to beat a specific title. It's actually pretty nice service or i should say information i don't know about service i guess maybe it could be a service uh it's nice information because if you're someone like me who's like ah look i don't want to play a 40 hour title just give me something that's 12 hours to beat uh that that really kind of plays into that also the rumor information has finally landed that goldeneye has let coming back to xbox uh, i believe it's coming to xbox game pass but no online multiplayer i believe that is going to be exclusive to the switch which is an interesting thing like part of me wants to be able to play it online but also i think everybody listening to this probably has the nostalgia of all sitting in a room playing it and playing it online wouldn't quite be the same i'm not trying to make a defense argument for why it really matters but either way you'll be able to play couch co-op with it online hey Lou. uh with your friends right next to you playing multiplayer classic multiplayer if you will although they should ban odd job i would ban odd job should be a hashtag because <laughs> we we all know that's like the og multiplayer cheat was to just to use odd job um, and then Discord Voice is officially launching on the Xbox One X and S. So if you're a big Discord user, this is a big win. So uh, on to 343. So you might remember that I did a little bit of post about Microsoft and 343 and Halo before it released. And then I got drugged through the mud on all of this. And people said, Brad, you're wrong. You're just trying to trash it. And we all know the reality is that... Halo Infinite is not in good shape. It's not in a good position. It has not lived up to the goals that Microsoft initially outset for 343 when launching this. It also is not living up to the financial side either, uh, from what I have heard. Like, it's just almost universally is not meeting expectation. It has been a slow slog of poor announcements and releases and despite the fact that we all agree that the gun game still feels like classic halo like everything else is sort of missing the mark and so that fruit came to bear today uh or this week i should say with bonnie ross is leaving the company immediately now I have heard from multiple people that this was Microsoft restructuring management. She uh, wrote up that it was for family health reasons. And honestly, I hope that it's not because nobody nobody wants family health reasons. But either way, that is the story. And Bonnie is saying that she's stepping down. But I have heard from multiple people that this is a Microsoft management reshuffle uh, after effectively what they announced for season three. Like this most recent release 
of information, I believe, was the final straw that broke the camel back. Now, uh, I'm hearing about some of the leadership changes and also fair uh, credit to Windows Central. They had heard very similar things. Elizabeth Van Wyck uh, is now leading biz operations. I believe Brian Koski is the GM of the franchise. And then Pierre is now the studio head. Pierre Hintz, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I, I more than likely butchered it. Uh, but I suspect that Microsoft is going to be making additional changes here. We've also heard that the lead of the engine is also the director, I believe, is also leaving. And so this is Microsoft making a big change. Now, people say, like, just give Halo to Activision or, or pick your studio. Like, people, you don't understand that it's not, you can't just say, here's a title and hundreds of gigs of data and just, good luck, go make the game. Like, it's not that easy because you have to have people who understand, especially because now it's on a custom engine, right? It's not on some, it's not on Unity, for example. It's not on, um, pick your other favorite engine. It's not Frostbite, I almost said. No, it's not nobody's, nobody's favorite engine there. Uh, but either way, I believe it was David Berger, who was the director of engineering, has also left. And that was courtesy of Lords of Gaming, uh, who pulled up with that, which I was just recently on their podcast. Either way. The point here is that the management reshuffle that we've all been expecting has finally happened. It took hundreds of millions of dollars and this title to get there. And I'll be curious to see what happens with 343 now. Don't expect quick changes. Like people are going to be like, all right, we got a new man. Like it, okay, so the management changes, but the technical debt does not change does not change. Microsoft, when they launched Halo Infinite, they had visions that they were going to be able to build a Destiny-like service. Everybody wants a live service. Everybody wants Destiny. But hey, Sony bought them. And Microsoft didn't protest that. Um, everybody wants a Destiny-like service. And that was what Halo was intended to be. But it just missed on so many marks because I believe scope creep is the enemy of all projects. Scope creep, I, I deal with this in my professional career. Scope creep is a very real thing and everybody who's ever built something knows exactly what this is they didn't ship the minimum viable product they shipped a they were they kept expanding and they kept needing more money i mean can you imagine every quarter going back to microsoft be like huh, well we're gonna need another 50 million dollars to complete this game in the next quarter it's like well probably gonna need another 20 like and it just added up and it was a significant it was a significant hole of financial resources that could have been allocated more effectively, I believe, personally inside the world of, of the Xbox platform. But either way, Halo Infinite is what it is. And so now we're going to start to see changes. Um, personally, I one of the things I honestly think Microsoft should do is just cancel Halo Infinite Season 2, uh, the, the TV show. Like, just let's focus on making a good game before we focus on making the marketing content. Probably many years ago, it probably made sense. Like, oh, we're going to come out with this quad A title. Let's get a TV series to drive additional interest and we can expect X amount of uptick in revenue. But the TV series was was whatever it is, whatever you, opinions aside, it was a thing. Uh, didn't go over super well. I guess we'll, we'll check that opinion there. And then you had a title that wasn't ready to support a mass adoption of the platform it came out to good reviews for the narrative but then like the whole thing just fell apart because it feels like they crammed everything possible they could just to get it out the door and then they had nothing to back it up over time which is what makes series and uh live services function like look at what call of duty doing now granted call of duty has had tons of time to prepare for this and they do it quite well every three months you get a content drop you get a battle pass and you get new changes to the service that is how it should be done destiny does it well as does it uh, top tier as well. And Fortnite pioneered uh, some of this as well. So you can't overlook that. And that's what Microsoft wanted for Halo Infinite. And it just failed on every metric of that. And so I think that not them not being able to live couch co-op, even though they promised it, um, just the fact that it was really, remember like a, it didn't even launch with a Slayer game mode and all this. And for hundreds of millions of dollars, just dumped into this. It, it's frustrating from a, a Halo fan perspective, um, but you can't say we didn't, kind of tell you so.
And so then there's also the big contractors part. Now people really latch on to this like contractor idea. Using contractors in this gaming industry is not unusual. It's, it's really not. Like it's happened before, it will happen again. And typically they're done for specific reasonings. As an example, you can contract out the music. They didn't do it in this, but you can contract music out into a third party service because they're good at that and you don't want to onboard that talent. The problem with on Microsoft side was they were using it more as a lifeboat. It's like, geez, we need more development time to do this. And so like, let's just start bringing on contractors. Now, Microsoft can only keep contractors on the books for so long. This is a, at least in the US, if you keep a contractor on your books for so long, they're technically become, they can become an employee and they can make that argument. It's like, look, I've been working here for, it's done to protect actually, I believe the employee, somebody with better tax law will be able to correct me. But if you're on the books for, uh, it's a, like 36 months, you're not a contractor, you're an employee at that point effectively. And so you can make the tax argument. So after so long, you do have to cut contractors off. And so that is just the nature of the business. Otherwise you should pull them in house. It's done so that you can't just 1099 an entire company and then just never pay them benefits so that's some background on all that either way uh so 343 the big rift is starting to occur and we're looking at changes ahead the question is there's there's two primary questions one can halo infinite truly be salvaged at this point they have a good base but now they've got the the negative negativity surrounding them mostly because they haven't been able to execute everybody knows it's been a slog they're changing management and so the question is can the title be safe for the long term and two whatever microsoft changes microsoft is making at the org level how long do those changes take to, to really mold what halo infinite is so those are the two big questions outstanding and uh yeah we're just gonna have to see what goes on there so anyways on to the questions of the week a little bit happier place because i love questions they're my favorite part so uh, i always tweet these out at bd sams on twitter and here you go so jlv632 says so i went to install Deathloop on my xbox one x scorpio edition and got this ugly error message i thought phil was very adamant that no one got left behind i know flight sim was the first game and now there appears to be doing the same uh, do you think the floodgate is now open and xbox one is dead i don't I don't think Xbox One is dead, primarily because look at Call of Duty and a lot of games still work. I have not personally tried Deathloop on one of these consoles, but at some point a rift or a separation does have to occur. You cannot continue to support older consoles, and that's just the way the industry does things going forward. With the big exception of online titles is where Microsoft and others have, like Call of Duty is a perfect example. They know the population that is still running uh, PS4 and Xbox One, and they don't want to leave them out. So... I think we might be nearing the absolute end of that because you got to remember too, it's also hard to get these consoles, but there you go. Deathloop, if it, if it is blocked, uh, which I was not aware of until uh, reading this, just because I don't have an Xbox one. It didn't impact me. Um, yeah, I think we're going to start to see more and flight sim. Although flight sim is technically available. You can do it via cloud gaming, I believe. So like, you know, cho choose your words wisely because I bet you could probably eventually get Deathloop via cloud gaming at some point in the future. And then there you go. So, uh, Bart says, hello, Brad. I hope you were doing well. I hope you were doing well, Bart. Two questions. What are you hoping to see at Microsoft Surface event? I am hoping... So, you can already pick out what they're going to do, right? We already know what the chipsets are going to be. They're going to be 12th gen. Microsoft doesn't... They're not going to launch with Rocket Lake. Like, that's not how they do it. Microsoft almost, almost always a chipset behind. So, we're going to see 12th gen stuff. We're going to see um, just a refresh of the baseline product. I, the, I hope that we see a Surface Studio 3 is what I've been hearing is floating around. And so that is what I hope we see. And that becomes the new flagship desktop. And I please Microsoft have a, at least a 12th gen chip in that. If they come out with, when they launched the uh, Surface Studio 2, and I believe even the Surface Studio, they were 
almost two generations behind. So you can imagine a perfect example. If they come out with an 11th gen chipset, 13th technically I don't think has launched yet by the time then it won't either, but then it'll launch a few weeks after that or something like that. Then it's two behind, but at the time of launch, it's technically one behind, but it's like... You guys get what I'm saying. So I'm hoping that we see a Surface Studio with 12th gen and 3000 series uh, NVIDIA stuff. I don't think we are going to see 4000 series out of, out of that. That would be shocking. So that is what I hope to see. Uh, how closely related will the Surface event be to Ignite? Any rumors? Uh, so you got to remember, Surface Event Ignite are two different audiences. I don't think they will be... Ignite, if I remember correctly, is the end of the month. And Surface Event, I believe, is going to be pretty early, like in the first half. So um, two different audiences. So I don't think they'll be too close and I don't think there's overlap. Again, you got to remember service events are media and marketing. Ignite is purely IT and, well, some marketing. You can't overlook that either. Matto Bear says, got a hypothetical question for you this week. With the general direction Xbox is trend trending and creating their first party games, the capabilities of and success date of Valve Steam Deck and seeing how more and more games are being produced and releasing a multi-platform. Do you agree with the notion that everything console and PC gaming will fully merge in the near future? I would make the argument they've kind of already merged um, to some extent, at least from a development perspective. A lot of companies are looking like saying, look, we're building a console and a PC title. Let's make them close together. This is one of the benefits of Xbox. I'm almost positive in saying what I'm about to say that it's much easier to build a PC and Xbox title than it is to build an Xbox or a PC and PlayStation title. Just from the back-end technology, you got to remember, Microsoft owns the Windows PC, they own the Xbox, and DirectX 12 makes things even easier across platforms. And so it becomes um, a necessity of the industry at this point. Titles are getting expensive. Look at Halo Infinite. They're an outlier, but still, we're not talking... It doesn't take $50 million to make a console game anymore. I mean, you can as an indie game, but if you want a AAA, quad-A title like a Call of Duty, you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars of investment and risk, and so you have to launch to the widest platform possible. I personally and fundamentally believe that the true console only exclusive is going away because it's really hard to justify that anymore even from a sony perspective while they still have titles we've already seen them starting to warm up to pc it might launch exclusively on a console for x amount of time but sony is very clearly understanding that putting things into steam and on the pc is a viable way to continue the revenue stream and something that is fundamentally important to growing and stabilizing i shouldn't say stabilizing and maintaining the business stabilizing uh would infer that there are fundamental business challenges and i'm not sure that there are i think sony's playstation does just fine and i hope it continues to do just fine because the best thing for us gamers is that sony and microsoft continue to battle it out and nintendo while they do battle it out they're on their own little dynamic island if you will uh doing their own thing so uh tourniquet says hey brad did you hear anything about windows v next what will be the focus now it depends what you mean by windows v next because we've got 22 h2 and we've already seen what we believe and i say this with an asterisk 23 H2 will be. That will be the uh, taskbar that collapses and expands. I think it's called like a shy taskbar or something along those lines on the for the tablet edition. We're already starting to see full screen widgets. And so to me, that is Windows V next. Now, if you're talking about Windows 12, that is a whole different conversation because I think Microsoft is looking potentially to make even more dr dynamic changes uh, to the OS and specifically the taskbar, which may have been teed up by what they are doing. Remember, Microsoft does not natively allow ungrouping, which makes that Taskbar take up more space. They like it compact. They like it dock-like. They might be headed in that direction. So we will see. Uh, that is kind of the rumors floating around the neighborhood. Matt Thitus says, so 22H2 is launching next week. Is there anything to suggest 
that a year's worth of development has gone into it. Only current big item or big movement I am seeing is the porting of more and more uh, inbox snaps to, into native ARM. And it's kind of crazy how little was native was done or am I missing something? I don't think you're missing too much. Um, because you gotta remember some of the bigger changes for this release. Now they're not big for the consumers, like for the end user side, but the Zamel Island stuff that was supposed to come or was initially trialed was pulled out. Now that will be coming more than likely in the next release. We've already seen Microsoft put it back in. And so it is a smaller uh, update because they pulled out some of that information or con content at the end of the day. So yes, it does feel like a smaller update. But you got to remember, we, we got all these weird updates throughout the year. Um, I mean, primarily you're looking at now with the release of this, what, folders in the start menu? Um, and that, that's kind of it. It doesn't bring back the things that most people want, which is being able to move the taskbar uh, or ungrouping. Now, full transparency, Start11, the app that I work on every week, uh, does support all those things. So if you want, if you're into that kind of stuff, but I don't think Matt Dynas is too far off the mark. So now the question be like, here's like, here's the bigger question. So 22, if Microsoft is truly going back to a three-year development cycle, as Zach Bowden wrote up on Windows Central, that means we're closer now to the next major release, which would be a, a, a Windows 12, if you will, than we are like Windows 11. So why would they shove a whole bunch of stuff in there? And not let, let's let's be honest here. The adoption of Windows 11 has been anemically slow. Um, we're there, I don't want to say too much because we have some data on it and we have some expectations about where the market is. Um, but it is slow. It is much slower than Windows 10, which is why Microsoft isn't shouting it from the rooftops. I'll be curious to see if during the Surface event that is coming up, if they talk about Windows 11 adoption and give any numbers. I, I would hold my breath about if they are. So, uh, yeah. Windows adoption rates are something that are very important to my line of business these days, and I watch them very closely because it depends on how we support our applications because different features can work on different platforms. And so it's something I pay a lot of attention to. A lot of attention to it. We'll leave it there. Sydney 2K says, hello, Brad. Okay, a second question to help pad things out. Regarding Bonnie, Bonnie Ross's resignation, how long do you think that process has been going on for for a change of guard? It seems very quick for her successor to be appointed in the time frame uh, she wants to leave. I personally don't think the poor reaction uh, to the dropping local split screen was the reason, so I do believe her health and reasons are true. Interesting. Um, I personally think that it's most... Very rarely do executives get fired for a single thing because when you're at an executive, you are making bets about the future and it's impossible to predict the future. You can have good bets and you can make good decisions to try to get you there. So if you make a bet and if it doesn't pan out, you move on and you keep a roadmap and you keep things moving. That is what the position of executive should be doing. So if you miss on one, that's okay. That's fine. But I think that this was just a culmination of a lot of things. Really, Halo 5 was okay. It wasn't a blockbuster hit by any means. The Master Chief Collection was a total dumpster fire at release. It's now got a lot of momentum or, or a lot of users and happy users, I should say at that but then you come out with halo infinite that just missed on budget missed on revenue missed on deadlines and we're they missed their launch date they had to delay it a year and then a year comes by and it comes up and like they're still missing deadlines and so i think it was just a culmination of things that finally said hey it's time for us to try something new let's be honest bonnie has not been there for three years she's been there for it's like 15 or something like that and so Change of guard, I think, was just right time. Enough things had gone by and that Microsoft invested enough that they weren't getting the traction that they needed. And they said, look, it's time for us to make a change. And so I think that's the I think that's where it's at personally. Uh, Mr. PKI wrapping it up with two questions. He says, 
How, let's see, uh, with the departure from 343, can we expect the Halo Infinite, what can we expect the Halo Infinite plans and dates are going to be reset again? So here's the question. I bumbled it up there a little bit. So now we have new executives. Are changes going to be made to the roadmap ahead? Do we think a new leader will be appointed or are they going to operate as three separate units as publicly announced? Um, I, I missed the whole publicly announced thing. But either way, I I would not be surprised that the change in dates, I, I hold my breath because... Um, I think they were trying to get it right this time. Like, I think they said, look, we can't keep messing this up. And so they were a little bit more conservative, at least what I'd heard from their announcements. If they miss these dates, I'm not quite sure. Uh, management change-ups like this can definitely impact dates because if you're a manager walking into this, you're like, well, look at this. Uh, it's the meme. Everything is fine while it's all on fire. You do have to make decisions and priority changes that you may not have been uh, allowed to make or, or uh, empowered to make previously. And so we will see. I think the one to keep your eye on, the absolute one to keep your eye on is Forge. Forge is the creative universe for Halo. And so if Forge gets delayed or pushed out, that is the big one to watch. The season stuff is fine, but the next like sort of hope, in my opinion, that has for revitalizing Halo Infinite from a, a gamer and development perspective is Forge, because that is where creativity can be unlocked. It's almost like a Minecraft style universe at that point, you know, come build your favorite maps, share them with the community, and it adds content that is desperately needed for the world of Halo. And Mr. PKI wrapping it up. How about this ending question for the week, since I'm sure you have many, or there are many questions will be about Halo. Uh, what do you think about the recently disclosed Microsoft Teams vulnerability and how a user's token can be stolen and reused? Woo. Um, so this is obviously any security vulnerability. Let's just lay that blanket statement out there is bad, right? Especially if you can grab someone's token and impersonate them. Uh, there was actually Uber this week. I believe the, they were, they were hacked effectively, but I believe the way the intruder got in was actually through Slack and then found scripts that had hard coded admin passwords inside of them. And so they were able to authenticate to AWS and other services after they got into Slack, which is a terrible security practice. Don't hard code your credentials inside of scripts. That's not how it's supposed to work. That's bad. That is bad. And so I, if I believe uh, this question correctly, if I remember the vulnerability correctly, I should say, you had to have physical access to the machine, which that's a whole different conversation because you have to then access the machine, uh, which there's other security layers in there. I do believe that Microsoft should uh, address this. Obviously, if there's a known vulnerability out there, now hackers know that if they can get onto a machine, they can now impersonate that user. So they should address it, and that's that. I mean, Teams is Teams, and Teams is the platform for Microsoft's go-forward initiatives for a lot of things. You're going to see a lot of loops integration with Teams coming up. You're going to see a lot of other things. Interestingly enough, um, Microsoft has been making some changes that I hear about related to like their task. Like, If you're a, a, a productivity developer inside of Microsoft and you don't have a loop initiative on your team, you're probably going to get, like your product probably isn't like going forward. So everybody's building loop components into their products and to their services because loops are the future for Microsoft. So, whew, that was a lot, my friends. I was plowing through there. It's it's a Saturday. I'm jazzed up because I like Saturdays. I like podcasting and I like, like everybody here. So uh, that being said, friends, that wraps it up for this week. As always, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.